Our scripture for today is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw, just like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its head on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwellings shall be glorious. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our salvation. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. A few weeks ago, we read another passage from Isaiah that sounded very much like this one. But the difference was that one key phrase that so many of us love, and a little child shall lead them. This is the story of the prophecy of Jesus Christ, who comes not as a mighty warrior, but as a babe in a manger. It's such a precious story. It talks about the characteristics, the attributes that Christ will have, the kingly attributes. He was expected to be a descendant of David. That was what the prophecies had always said. And so the lineage is very carefully drawn out. In fact, that's what we do in the children's time these weeks is we're celebrating the lineage of Jesus as coming from this kingly line. The, the words that are used here in Isaiah are also um, foretelling a king. A king was one who was thought to have divine favor. Now when David was a child, you may remember the story that he slew Goliath the giant, right? And when he was answering questions about how he would be able to do this, he said, when I was a shepherd in the field and a bear or a lion would come, I would rise up and slay this, this intruder. This, is, uh, this happens in 1 Samuel. We read about David preparing himself to be the one who slayed the lion. But you hear here in Isaiah that this whole creation has been turned upside down and inside out that rather than an adversarial relationship, the 
peace that is foretold is one that is between the lion and the lamb, not one of a predator and its prey, but of them lying down together. A time of safety, safety to the extent that a child could place its hand on the adder's den and not be bitten, stung, whatever a, an asp does, bitten. <laughs> I worry about our world. When we say a little child shall lead them, you, you think of all of the innocence of children, all of those attributes of a child that come into our presence. And yet, a child died in custody. A child who was unattended by those holding him. There are stories too, though, of children who are leaders not only the Christ child, but people in this day and age who are leading the way. Ruby Bridges, the first child to walk into a segregated school in New Orleans. Greta Thunberg, the young teen who is leading the way in the, uh, the discussions about climate change. There's even a young woman who has was one of the survivors. Her name is Emma Gonzalez. She was a survivor of the shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School, and she is leading the way now in the conversation about gun control. A little child shall lead them. But you see, we're talking about Jesus here, aren't we? We're talking about the Prince of Peace, the one who is to come. So often when we think of peace, and we realize that we are not at peace in this world, we think, what has happened? Jesus has come, Jesus has died, Jesus has risen, and still there is no peace. Do we need to consider that he was a failure? Of course not, because Jesus is our Lord and Savior, our King of Kings, our Prince of Peace, the one who we follow. And there is work to be done, and it is ours to do, to recognize the presence of God to recognize the possibility of peace in this age. That's the underlying message for me of today, is that idea that safety and peace, it's not the absence of those dangerous things in our world. It's the presence of God. It's our acknowledgement of the presence of God each and every day. And our job to draw nearer to God, to remove the burdens and realize the presence of God in all things. You know, there's only been a very short time in our, our world here that we have been at peace. In over 3,000, it's 3,530 years of recorded history. There have been only 268 of those years has the whole world been at peace. And in those years, in excess of 8,000 peace treaties were made and broken. It's not a great statistic. I think about the places where we need peace, peace in our own hearts, peace among our relationships with one another, and peace on the larger world scale. The peace that comes when we know that we're not in competition with the other, that we're not, we don't need to build walls to keep the other out and our stuff in. A 
place where we know that we are extensions of one another, that we need to treat each other as we would have others treat us, knowing that injury to the other injures ourselves. And the inner peace that I'm talking about is that peace that you find when you don't feel judged by what you think the world thinks of you, that you know that you are God's beloved, that you are justified. That message of peace came through Jesus Christ and comes again each and every day to us in our prayers, in our time together when we study the scripture together. It's a message that wants to be heard. We need only open our ears and our eyes. I think it's really amazing that so often artists are the ones who can envision things before the rest of us. There's a, a painting, a mural that is in the Department of Justice down in Washington, D.C., and it was painted by a Russian immigrant to Brooklyn back in 1938. He came here and he was looking for peace. He was looking for that time of peace and realizing that it wasn't yet upon us, but realizing that peace does exist in the midst of it all. It's not the absence, as I said, of war. It's the presence of God. But to be honest and to realize that there is work to be done was sort of the, the subject of this man's painting. On the left-hand side of his painting, he depicts people who are poor and destitute, lying on the ground, just desolate. He depicts smog in the cities and looming buildings. He depicts the adversity between people. But on the right side of his mural, he depicts his vision of peace. Now, this is 1938, but his vision of peace included a diversity of races. You see Asian people and Latino people and black people and skins of each and every hue. This is 1938, before women were in positions of leadership, and he showed women in positions of authority in this painting. And he showed children recognizing, again, as Isaiah says, a little child shall lead them. We are called to peace in this world. We are called to reconcile with one another, to follow the example of the Prince of Peace, to absorb so fully the love of God that we can't help but be at peace with one another, not always believing ourselves to be to be the subjects of bad thoughts. There was another artist I want to tell you about. There was a, a contest that someone put on one time hoping to see a true depiction of peace. And he commissioned people from all around to come and share what they thought peace looked like. And in the great hall, picture after picture was undraped and they showed what they showed until it got down to two pictures left. Surely one of them must truly depict peace, right? And someone took the, the drape from the second to last painting and it was a beautiful scene. One that probably looked a lot like we think when we sing the hymn as the deer panteth for the water and we imagine the stillness of the lake and the majesty of the mountains and the crispness of the air. Surely that must have been the winner. But the man wasn't sure, and he went over and he pulled the drape himself off that last painting. 
was anything but calm. It was a raging waterfall with jagged rocks and a craggly tree that stuck out through the waterfall. And on the very end of the branch was a mother bird who had built a nest there in the midst of that. To me, that exemplifies that idea. It's not the absence of adversity or war or, or things in our world that we can't control. It's the presence of God that brings us peace. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.